Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Welcome to Haunted Road, a production of iHeartRadio and Grim and Mild from Aaron Mankey. Listener discretion is advised. Please welcome to the stage, ready to bring you down the Haunted Road, the one and the only Miss Amy Bruni. Are you guys ready? All right, here we go. Years ago, I was prepping for a party. I know this may come as a surprise to you, me prepping for a party, but this wasn't any party. This was a Halloween costume party. I had a large group in a hotel that would be attending, so I was in the hotel ballroom getting set up for the festivities, which would be taking place the next night. Everyone who had assisted me throughout the day had taken their leave, and I was just getting a few last-minute things taken care of before I was due to meet them for dinner. As I was fiddling with some projectors, I suddenly heard a door open and close, which I didn't think much of, until it was followed by the sound of footsteps approaching behind me very quickly. Luckily enough that it alarmed me, and I spun around to see if someone had returned and needed something. Except when I spun around, no one was there. Every hair on the back of my neck stood up, and just moments later, the projectors I had been trying to get to work all turned on at once. It didn't help that they were projecting images of zombies on the walls for the party. (laughs) With that, I snapped off the projectors, grabbed my belongings, and made a hasty retreat out of that room. If you know me well, you know that if I get scared or nervous, I whistle a happy song, because clearly, nothing bad can happen to you if you're whistling a happy tune. So you better believe I was whistling away as I speedwalked my way down the halls of the hotel, trying to make my exit. But even when I reached the safety of the outdoors, I didn't feel alone. And I know now that's just how you feel all the time when you're visiting the very beautiful and very haunted Mackinac Island. (laughs) I'm Amy Bruni, and welcome to Haunted Road. <laughs> In the waters of Lake Huron, between Michigan's upper and lower peninsulas, sits a tiny island that is one of the most haunted places in America. Just 4.35 square miles, Mackinac Island is a place out of time, one where life exists as it did hundreds of years ago, where there are no cars just horses and carts for transportation, and where the ghosts are now as much a part of day-to-day goings-on as they were when they were alive. But its haunted history isn't the only thing that makes Mackinac Island remarkable. 
The land itself might be tiny, but it's stunning. High cliffs soar above the ocean-like lake with geological formations like Sugarloaf, Skull Rock, and Arch Rock, a natural limestone arch nearly 150 feet above the ground. The island has been drawing vacationers by the tens of thousands every year to experience what a truly unique and extraordinary place it is. But make no mistake, there are lots and lots of ghosts. The island is so haunted that according to reporting from a Michigan newspaper group, Mackinac Island is by far the most haunted town per capita in the United States, with 16 haunted locations for its population of only 478 people. The native Ojibwe peoples originally named Mackinac Island Michimackinac, the Ojibwe word for big turtle, because they thought the island's shape mimicked the shape of a turtle shell. The first French settlers kept the Ojibwe name, but once the English arrived in the area, they shortened the name to simply Mackinac. In the Lansing State Journal, Kathleen LeVay wrote, most people associate Mackinac Island with a Victorian era vibe the car-free joy of horse-drawn wagons and bicycles, and shopping for candy and souvenirs along Market Street, which neglects a few thousand years of the island's history. In fact, native Anishinaabek peoples from the Odawa, Ojibwe, and Powhatami tribes lived undisturbed on Mackinac Island for what local tribal experts estimate could be as long as 3,000 years. According to the Biddle House Project, which developed the Mackinac Island Native American Museum, Mackinac Island has been a sacred and historically significant place for Anishinaabek people for centuries. For a very long time, according to an article in Spiritual Travels, Mackinac Island was the center of the Anishinaabek world. Ceremonies were held on the island to celebrate the changing seasons and to pay respect to the spirits who resided here. These powerful beings controlled the lakes and appropriate actions needed to be taken to ensure that the fishing remained plentiful and that travelers could cross the water safely. Greg Newkirk, whoop, whoop, shout out. Greg Newkirk wrote for Week and Weird that researchers believe that the island not only served as a prime fishing location, but that the Anishinaabek tribes considered it a sacred place, believing it to be home to the Great Spirit. The Great Lakes in general have been a historically sacred native location, but Mackinac, along with nearby Round Island and Boy Blanc Island in the Straits of Mackinac, were especially significant because they were used as ancient Anishinaabek burial grounds. This is where a lot of the stories about Mackinac Island's ghost stories originate. The Anishinaabek used the island to bury their dead, which meant that their ancestors lived there as well as spirits. According to spiritual travels, after a burial, the dead were honored with ceremonies that were described as feasts of the dead by the French explorers and Jesuit priests who came to the region in the 17th century. This practice continues to this day among native communities in Northern Michigan in a tradition known as ghost suppers. While some of the remains have been removed and repatriated to tribal councils, many remains are still buried on the island. Things began to change on Mackinac Island in the 17th century when the first colonists began to arrive and disrupt the peaceful life on the island. French-Canadian explorers arrived in 1634. In the decades that followed, the area became an important fur trading site for French colonists. During the French and Indian War from 1754 to 1763, the French lost control of Mackinac Island to the British, who then built Fort Mackinac on the island's high bluffs in 1780. The site was formerly a trading post, but served as a British fortification during the Revolutionary War. Though the British lost control of the fort after that war, the fight for control of the island was far from over. 
In fact, a British attempt to regain the island was the first act of aggression in the War of 1812, before news had even reached the island that war had been declared. According to Mackinac.com, in July of 1812, a British force landed secretly on the far north end of Mackinac Island and forced the United States to surrender Fort Mackinac in the first engagement of that conflict. It's also believed that the British murdered more than 70 Native people during this war. Americans attempted to retake the island in 1814 but couldn't penetrate the British defenses perched high on the cliffs. Mackinac Island officially became United States territory by the treaty ending the war in 1815, and Fort Mackinac remained in use until the end of the 19th century. According to Mackinac.com's history of the island in 1822, Fort Mackinac's post-surgeon William Beaumont saved the life of Alexis St. Martin after an accidental shotgun blast tore a hole in the young voyager's stomach. When the hole never completely healed, the physician observed firsthand what happens when food is digested in the stomach. His published experiments made medical history. The period after the War of 1812 was a time of great change on the island. Mackinac became the center of John Jacob Astor's American Fur Company and supplied beaver pelts to America and Europe's fashionable elite for more than 30 years. It was also around this time that Christian missionaries arrived on the island. In 1823, William Montague Ferry and his wife Amanda founded a mission on the southeasternmost part of the island, which has come to be known as Mission Point. Two years later, missionaries built the Mission House, a spare two-story building that still stands today. The house was designed as a boarding school for Native American children to learn manual crafts and liberal arts and to adopt the standards and living patterns characteristic of New England and the American East Coast. Throughout this time, Anishinaabek people still comprised the majority of the island's population, but that wouldn't last much longer. One of the most important figures on Mackinac Island in the 19th century was Agatha Biddle. Eric Hemingway, the archival director for the Little Traverse Bay Bands of Odawa Indians said, when Agatha was a child, Michigan was almost exclusively Native American. By the time she was an elderly woman in the late 1800s, Natives were the vast minority and had lost most of their land. Agatha saw firsthand the complete transformation of Anishinaabe life and culture. An Anishinaabek woman, Agatha married Philadelphian Edward Biddle and the couple ran a fur trading business on the island. As Hemingway explained, she controlled the family business. She set the prices, negotiated with fur traders, and hosted functions at her home. The two lived in the Biddle House, built around 1780, which is the oldest standing structure on the island today and was a major center of life on Mackinac. During the wars, Hemingway explained, Agatha was likely torn. Her business interests forced her to remain neutral, but the Ojibwe and Odawa peoples were adamantly against the Americans and supported the British in the war. In 1836, the U.S. government created the Treaty of Washington. According to an article in Indian Country Today, through this treaty, the Odawa and Chippewa of northern Michigan ceded about 16 million acres to the U.S. government. In return, the government allowed these tribes to stay in Michigan on small reservations and access natural resources. However, when the treaty was brought to the island to be signed, with 4,000 Anishinaabe people gathered to witness the signing, the document had been changed. Instead of granting the tribes access to the land going forward, the government had added language saying that they would only be granted access for five years, after which the government could remove the Native Americans at the discretion of the president. Indian agent Henry Schoolcraft promised the tribes people that would never happen, but just two years later, Hemingway explained they were ordered off the island. 
Frank Strauss, writing for the Mackinac Island Town Crier, suggested that it was Agatha and her family that might have helped to keep the Anishinaabe people in their ancestral home. Her senior standing on the island helped to forge relationships between native hunters and American capitalists. He wrote, this may have helped ensure that the Odawa and the Anishinaabe were not forced to move westward in the 1830s and 40s. Many of her kinfolk were too valuable as participants in the Michigan territory economy. The 1855 Treaty of Detroit further cemented the Native Americans' claims to the land, though it was still the basis of lawsuits to regain reservation land as recently as 2019. As the 19th century progressed, the island shifted from being a center of fur trading to focusing more on the fishing industry. By the Victorian era, Mackinac Island had become one of the area's most fashionable and in-demand summer resorts in the country. According to Eugene T. Peterson, writing for Mackinac.com's history section, it was the Victorians who made Mackinac Island one of the nation's most favored summer resorts. In the post-Civil War age and before automobiles, vacationers traveled by large lake excursion boats from Buffalo, Cleveland, Chicago, and Detroit to the cooler climes of Mackinac Island. They danced to Strauss waltzes, listened to Sosa's stirring marches, dined on whitefish, and strolled along the broad decks. In the 1890s, the Wawashkamo Golf Course was built, and around this time, an automobile ban was implemented on the island that remains in place now. In 1895, all the federal land on the island became Mackinac Island State Park, Michigan's first state park. With that designation came strict guidance that all private development and all leaseholders were required to maintain the distinctive Victorian architecture in place on the island. To this day, Historic preservation and restoration are highly prioritized on the island. According to Mackinac.com, in recent years, the historical sites and fort buildings, such as the Officer's Stone Quarters, have been restored to their original condition and brought to life through dioramas, period settings, guided tours, and reenactments for the benefit of the thousands of summer visitors. Those visitors can also explore the Native American Cultural History Trail, an eight-mile road that runs the perimeter of the island and details the history and significance of the island. It's also famous for its many, many hauntings. According to Mysterious Universe, Mackinac seems to be as crowded with ghosts as it is with visitors, so much so that it is often said that the dead outnumber the living here. The most infamous of the island's paranormal hotspots is the Drowning Pool, a perilously deep lagoon full of seaweed where a man became tangled in the vegetation and drowned in the late 1970s. But that's not the worst story about the Drowning Pool. According to a history book of Mackinac's haunted legends by Ken Haddad, in the 1700s and early 1800s, seven women were accused of being witches. Back in those days, one of the methods used for determining if someone was a witch or not was to tie rocks to their feet and throw them into the water to see if they would float or not. If they sank, they were deemed innocent. All of them sank and drowned. To this day, visitors to the drowning pool report mysterious splashing, shadows and dark figures rising above the surface and a deep feeling of dread at the place. The Grand Hotel is another of the island's most notoriously haunted places. Legend says that construction workers uncovered extensive human remains while digging the hotel's foundation. Greg Newkirk's retelling says that they began to find so many human skeletons that they lost track of them all. To this day, rumors persist that the workers, increasingly unsure of how to handle the situation, simply gave up on collecting the bones and started building the hotel anyway. In the hotel, people report seeing a man in a top hat playing the piano in the bar and of a woman in Victorian clothing who roams the hotel's employee housing. 
People also report seeing an evil entity which presents as a black mass with glowing red eyes. Newkirk wrote, as two maintenance men performed a check of the hotel's theater stage, one of them was struck with the overwhelming feeling that something was watching them, something that he could only describe as evil. As he looked out over the stage, he noticed two glowing red eyes peering from a dark shadow hovering above the theater floor. As he watched in horror, the black form began to rush toward him, knocking him off his feet. Two days later, the man awoke in a hospital and swore to never return to the Grand. What was once a world conference center for an evangelist group and then a college is now the Mission Point Resort. As Greg Newkirk wrote, the resort's most popular ghost is that of a student nicknamed Harvey, who died in the late 60s. As the official story goes, Harvey, the victim of a broken heart, made his way to the bluffs behind the resort, pulled a gun, and shot himself. His body wasn't discovered for six months. When I was researching Harvey on Ghost Hunters, I found Harvey's real identity, but his family asked that we keep it private. Harvey shows up in Mission Point's theater where visitors report being pinched and poked. Some say he's a joker who likes to play tricks on people, but given the mysterious circumstances around his death, he could also be trying to communicate something. You see, Harvey died from not one, but two gunshots to the head, and the gun was found nowhere near his body. Many visitors to the island report seeing the apparition of a girl named Lucy, who has curly hair and wears a sundress. She's been spotted following people on the staircase at the Crow's Nest Trail, peeking out of windows at the Pine Cottage, and walking around the Island House Hotel, where she's often spotted in the theater and auditorium. Not much is known about who Lucy could be, but according to Mysterious Universe, legend has it that Lucy became sick on the island while her parents were in Detroit on business, and she died before they could return. There are no official records of her passing, but record keeping on the island wasn't consistent before 1900. But by far, the most haunted location on Mackinac Island is Fort Mackinac. According to Brett Swanser, writing for Mysterious Universe, Fort Mackinac is steeped in death. The very walls seem stained by it. And that death has left its mark. As Greg Newkirk wrote for Planet Weird, from apparitions of soldiers glimpsed walking the rifle range trail to piles of phantom limbs spotted in the hospital to furniture that moves on its own, tripping motion detectors in Officer Hill's apartment quarters, the fort has no shortage of paranormal activity. The fort's hospital dates back to 1828, making it the oldest hospital building in Michigan. There, people died from battle injuries, but also from illnesses that crude 19th century medical practice couldn't properly treat. At least 13 children of soldiers stationed at the fort died in the hospital from everything from typhoid fever to tuberculosis. They were all buried in the fort's cemetery. In Ken Haddad's Haunted History of Mackinac Island, he wrote, in the hospital, some have felt feelings of sadness and have seen apparitions of phantom limbs. The sound of crying babies is often heard, along with mysteriously moved furniture and motion detectors set off with no one around. People often report feeling sad in the hospital and say they smell the stench of sickness and death. The fort had a dungeon for prisoners called the Black Hole, where at least one person died in captivity. A soldier stationed at the fort committed suicide in 1843. People report feeling cold spots there, even in summer, and people frequently photograph strange anomalies in the space. According to tour guide Carly Simpson, it's believed that several ghosts haunt the fort, including two children whose father was stationed there and the phantom Piper heard playing on misty mornings at the north entryway. In the officer's quarters, children are reportedly seen playing with toys and people often experience furniture moving and hearing babies cry. In the cemetery, Brett Swanser wrote, the apparition of a woman can sometimes be seen weeping at the grave of one of the children who died here. 
eternally lamenting her loss. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. But here to talk more in depth of the hauntings on Mackinac is my good friend, Todd Clements, paranormal author and owner of Haunts of Mackinac Tours. So come on out, Todd. <laughs> Hello. Did I get it all right? You pronounced it correctly. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I met Todd years ago when we were filming Ghost Hunters on Mackinac Island. We decided it would be a good idea to film on Mackinac Island in January. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, and uh, as Todd informed me backstage, I didn't realize this, but while we were there, the uh, temperature got down to negative 28. Which Balmy. <laughs> it, was, it actually is an experience to be out there right. in the middle of winter. There's very few people. There's obviously residents and then... Um, we met a few like writers and artists who kind of hide away for the winter. Maybe someone running from the law or two, I felt like. It actually has happened. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there was one night I remember distinctly, we had a day off and I wanted to see the Grand Hotel, but you can't get there. And so Todd actually, it was like the middle of the night at this point, because I think we, we were probably at the bar. And, um, yeah. <laughs> and there was a full moon, and we took the snowmobile up to the Grand Hotel. And I tell you what, that hotel illuminated by the moon and all that, like the snow banks and stuff, it was one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen. So nothing like it. So thank you for that. It was a really good memory. Not a problem. All right, so you obviously are very familiar with the haunts on Mackinac. Yes. Tell me, what, what has been your most kind of startling experience there? Oh, wow. I know it's hard to pick one, probably. I've had experiences I try to be brave, because usually I'm with a guest or someone who's never done it before, and I'm like, I gotta be the tough guy here because they're <laughs> freaking out, and I gotta be the sanity in the room. <laughs> yeah, been there. Um, the one, it was startling, but I had to remain quiet, was in the Mission Point Theater. Mm -hmm. We had one of our ghost tours going, 
and one of the stops was in the theater, and we had about 30 people sitting towards the front. The tour guide was on the stage telling the ghost stories of the theater, and I snuck in in the back. I'm dressed all in black. I was doing basically a tour check to see how the tour guides are doing, make sure everything's accurate, they're presenting everything right. And nobody knew I was coming. Nobody knew I was there. I'm standing in the very far back of the theater near a projection booth and watching it. Fine. They were doing great. And all of a sudden, in my peripheral vision, not more than a foot and a half next to me, there's a man standing there. And I'm like, I start looking over. And he, as, as I was looking towards him, the more I looked directly at him, he vanished. He slowly just disappeared. But in my peripheral vision, not only was he standing there, he was shifting his weight from foot to foot. He crossed his arms. He's moving. He's watching the tour guide on the stage because I could see his head was facing that way. He was wearing a T-shirt that had horizontal stripes on it. I mean, short buzz cut hair, which Harvey had oh. short buzz cut hair. And I'm assuming it was him. It was blonde, blonde mm -hmm. hair. So I was like, I think this is Harvey standing next to me. Now, I wanted to yell, turn around, take pictures, turn around, take pictures to everybody who's sitting in front. But I knew we would wind up having a cleaning crew coming through later because they're on a ghost tour. They're hearing things that are petrifying some of them who've never had experience with anything paranormal before. And I'm telling them, yelling from the back of the room, turn around, take a picture, yeah. turn around. So I just stood there and kind of experienced it. It felt like forever. It was probably 30 seconds. But I'm just like, this is a ghost standing right next to me. This is Harvey. What do I do? I can't do anything about it. That was one of my experiences. I was just like, this was, it was so awesome. That's where I had, so Mission Point Resort is where I had the experience I was talking about in the beginning with yep. the footsteps running up behind me. And I think that was probably attributed to Harvey. It was kind of like playful, but like, I, I mean, I was genuinely... I thought someone either was playing a prank on me when I turned around or someone like was, was going to get me, you know? Oh, and yeah, so, yeah. um, and, and I know like we filmed there obviously for ghost hunters, like I was saying, and there are rooms where the lights will come on. Oh, on. And so the there was a one night where Jay had a camera set up and the, um, his light kept turning on and off in his room, the lamp. And fun fact Someone stole that lamp after yep. the episode aired. Verified. <laughs> the first week the resort was open, the lamp disappeared. Yeah. Someone grabbed it. Yep. So someone somewhere has a haunted lamp yep. that they should be returning. Or donate it to Dana and Greg. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's actually Greg yep. and Dana's museum. Yeah. That's where yep. it is. <laughs> um, okay, so that... I, I think that Mission Point is maybe kind of underrated as far as haunts go there, because people do think of the Grand Hotel, which Adam and I, whenever we go to Mackinac, which Strange Escapes will be returning there next fall, um, whenever we go there, we always make a point to have a cocktail in the cupola bar at the Grand Hotel. Uh, yes. I call it the rest stop, because yes. when I go home at night, that's halfway between home and work. Yes. So we'll go up there. Watch a sunset or whatever. It's beautiful. But the staff has gotten to know us enough because they have, we haven't been since pre-COVID, but they always have, um, most of the staff, I believe they come in from like Jamaica. And so yep. they come back every year and they recognize us and they told us they are terrified of the employee housing there. Like 
they don't like to talk about it, but and they're not supposed to talk about it, but they talk about it to Adam and me, and they have some things, some stories. stories. To tell. Yes. All right. So if if you're going to visit Mackinac and, and you want to experience a haunting, where do you go? <laughs> the whole island. Um, <laughs> stay overnight. Yes. Always. I, a lot of people come during the day. It's a totally different place at night. It goes from more or less. Disney World crowds, like, crowded, crowded, crowded. Mm -hmm. People everywhere. And as soon as that last ferry leaves, it thins out. It gets quiet. You can actually feel, like, the tranquility of the island at night. And uh, just, there's so many places. <laughs> I know. It's hard. No, so the drowning pool, is that the... Urban legend, by the way. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's why I cited people who yep. said it. So, that didn't come from me. <laughs> Neither. <laughs> um, so... But that being said, uh, the the rumored drowning pool is that that's on the grounds at Mission Point, isn't it, or is that a different place? It is at Mission Point. Technically, it's kind of just off our pro the property, it's state park property. Oh but, yeah. So it's kind of just out front of it. But you can see it, and like regardless oh, yeah. of whether or not that actually happened there, you know, I'm, we're big believers in in like intention and energy. And you think of how many people over you know the last hundred years or so or a few decades have gone to that spot thinking that that happened there like that energy we always investigate it when we go and, and get weird results so. we did do research um to, we couldn't find anything we couldn't find anything about witches and mm -hmm. witchcraft but we did find a story which was interesting which kind of tied to it and makes us wonder if it's the origins of the story there was it's, it's only in one book one historical historical book uh, and it's only about a paragraph long. Mm -hmm. And it talks about a Native American woman who was a prostitute who was tried and executed by French government law in St. Ignace. Oh. So we're like, hmm, that could be where the story kind of came from. Plus, the island, yes, did have a lot of brothels. Fur traders and soldiers. Mm -hmm. There were a lot of brothels. So we think a bunch of pieces of different stories came together and then you've got witches on Mackinac being executed. Oh, geez. I mean, that's like a, we call that the historical game of telephone. Exactly. Right? Where, where do you stop on your tour? I mean, obviously you can have experiences just about anywhere, but. It changes a little bit every year. Um, Fort's a big one. We mm -hmm. stop there. Mission Point's a big one. St. Anne's Church, Harborview Inn. Um, my favorite restaurant, uh, Seabiscuit. Love for them. <laughs> I love to hang out at the Sea Biscuit. Haunted too. Good haunted stories there, and it's actually tied to the Doherty Hotel. People from Michigan, Claire, Michigan, Doherty Hotel. Their family was mm. running. It was Mackinac Island State Bank. Now it's Sea Biscuit Restaurant, but that was their same family. So it's kind of got a historical paranormal. Okay. Tie. Well, so now what was the hotel you said the. Oh, Harborview. Harborview. Yep. So that's a place where people, if they want to stay, they might have an experience. You can stay at Harborview. Uh, Mission Point's a great place. Try and stay in the Straits Lodge mm -hmm. when you stay at Mission Point. That's got a lot more activity than the main lodge. Um, a lot of the hotels have activity. Though. Well, the Straits Lodge is where we stayed, right? Uh, yep, we were in Straits Lodge. Yes, okay, yep. and that is where the, the lamp was That's turning the on lamp. and off and yep. everything. And it was very creepy because when we stayed there for Ghost Hunters, the hotel was closed, and so they just let us have kind of that. Wander. We can <laughs> We had the whole hotel to ourselves, yeah. but they weren't heating the main part, so it was freezing in there. But in our little spot, it was heated, and so every night... Um, Steve and Dave and Adam and myself, we would go meet down in that little lobby and bring a couple bottles of wine and play Liverpool Rummy. 
so no ghosts, but wine. No. Yeah. Spirits. <laughs> there were spirits <laughs> to be had. Um, anyways, I digress. As no usual. worries. So what other ghost stories do you think that these guys need to hear? Um, What's your favorite? Well, Harvey's my favorite because mm -hmm. actually I was, what actually brought me into paranormal was Harvey. Mm -hmm. He was 12 years old. And I saw him at Mission Point Resort, and after that, I was watching all the TV shows, reading Hans' older books. I was hooked. Yeah. I want to know about everything. So thanks, Harvey. <laughs> so Harvey was, he's kind of, yeah, near and dear. Mm -hmm. Harvey's my guy. Have you heard of any ghost ships being seen from yes. Mackinac? There are, uh, there's one freighter, it's still there, uh, the Cedarville, went down in the 1960s. Seven people died when the ship went down, and there have actually been more deaths since it went down mm -hmm. from scuba divers than oh. there were in the original one. It collided with another ship, which I cannot pronounce. It's Norwegian, and I'm not going to try and butcher mm -hmm. it. They collided in the fog. The Cedarville was sounding its horns. They weren't getting a response, and boom, it went down in like five, ten minutes. Oh, wow. 600-foot freighter, and it's still sitting out in the straits. If you're coming from Mackinac City, you take that ferry, you're within 100 yards of the, where it's sitting. In 90 feet of water below you. Uh, there's that one. There is the Gilcher, which is another shipwreck. Mm -hmm. There's a canoe. There's a can like a ghost canoe? Ghost or canoe. Just a it's not the canoe you'd go down a river. Okay. It was a fur trading canoe, oh, which yeah. they were huge. I mean, 30, 40 feet by 5 feet wide, stacked with fur, beaver mm -hmm. pelts. And uh, they used them as trade. But there's a story that is tied to Detroit with a canoe that comes through the straits barreled down with furs, and he, the story goes he's going to his love, oh. who is in New France. Detroit was known as New France. Interesting. He was going to her, and then this is weird, because this is one of those times where you're doing investigating and, and research, and you come across, you're like, they're connected. Mm -hmm. There's a story of a woman in Detroit who sits by the banks of uh, Lake St. Clair waiting for her love to come on a canoe, loaded down with furs, to return to her. So That's strange. You have these like, two crossing, connected ghost yeah, stories. Yeah, two connected ghost stories, a few hundred miles apart. And I was like, this is awesome. Yeah, that's really wild. That was a cool one. So Wow. So we have haunted restaurants, haunted hotels. Now, I feel like sometimes with places like Mackinac, I feel like it's haunted because it part of the reason why it's haunted is because it just hasn't changed. Like it, it looks familiar to those spirits. It looks like it did when they were there. So are there ever reports of, of, you know, people in like period dress or anything that, that people might think might be reenactors or something, but actually could be. Yeah, there's ghosts? a good one. Oh, uh, this one we were doing, we were on a tour, just doing our thing, going, telling ghost stories and we're telling a completely different ghost story. And, uh, Tour guide's facing down the street. The guests are facing up the streets, up a hill. It's near Mission Point. And everybody is like, is that part of the tour? The tour guide didn't see it. They turn around. There's a fully uniformed, armed soldier standing in the middle of the street. He had a rifle. He went, put his head together, put his uh, rifle to his shoulder, turned, did the whole thing, took a few steps. As soon as he hit a shadow of a tree... He was gone. Oh, my goodness. The entire tour saw that. I was just like, oh, wow. why couldn't we get that on film, right? <laughs> well, that's so interesting because I always, sometimes I wonder, if you see an apparition when you're by yourself, 
I think, is that something that my brain created? So right. I, I love stories of multiple people seeing the same thing. That, you know, Adam and I have had that happen many times where we like both see the exact same thing, which could be our brains melding together yeah. <laughs> but, because we're close to that point. But that's really compelling. Yeah, it was fun. So has anybody ever just wanted to bolt from your tour and had enough? Oh, yeah. And th but they're like on we've the had, island, they can't leave. We've had people, well, yeah. They had accidents occasionally. No. Oh, uh, no. Yeah, it happens occasionally. Oh. Uh, Adults? Adults. Oh. Um, we don't do that anymore, but we used to do a jump startle type thing, and oh. it was part of the, it was a reenactment of a sighting of a ghost on one of the parts of the tour, but it was a loud bang and a, and like, some people can't handle that. <laughs> it just couldn't. Oh my goodness! It was it was a big room. It was in the sound stage. You remember the sound stage? It's pitch black. It's about as big as this room. Completely soundproof and pitch black. Yeah, and you can't see the other wall. You don't know what's in the room with yeah. you, and you just make the slightest noise or shift, and people are like, "What was that?" So yeah, it's probably good you eliminated that from your yeah, tour. We don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> That's probably a good idea. For sure. Wow. Okay. Well, I'm sure everyone's really excited to go now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we don't do the jump scares anymore. If anything you're scared of, it's your own head now. Okay. So it's history, ghost stories, and legends. I love so. that. Well, I have to say thank you. You have been lovely as always. We've known for each other sure. for years. Yep. I get to see you. I get to see all of my Michigan friends every year at Michigan Paracon. Thank you, everybody, for coming yep. out to this. So great. <laughs> so how can people find you if they want to go on the tour or uh .com is the best and Mackinac is spelled with a c because we are on the upper peninsula side not the lower peninsula side that's the difference bridge north is oh. with a c bridge south it's with a w there's all these rules these french versus british youpers trolls yep <laughs> Under the bridge. Mackinac, Mackinac, Mac yep. <laughs> I can't keep up. I'm There's learning, There's a lot of versions though. of Mackinac. It's taken me yep. a decade of coming here, but I'm learning. So. And the bridge does swing over at 5 p.m. every night. Oh, so my So we gosh. tell all the tourists. <laughs> I cannot. And the 5 o'clock boat is at 6. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> well, I want to thank all of you for coming out. This is such a good start to what's going to be an amazing weekend. And thank you so much for listening to Haunted Road. And I will see you guys all for the next three days. So hopefully you don't get sick of us. Thank you, everybody. Have a great thank night. You. <laughs>
Choose from thousands of in-stock styles, ready for next-day installation, and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring.